good morning, good day, and good night. You may have stumbled upon this podcast randomly as you browse around a graveyard full of ghouls, driving on an endless road with your killer laying in the back seat, waiting for the right opportunity to slay your throat. Or, you know, just by personal interest. However, what you may not know is what you're about to hear are extremely sinister stories. This show contains all depths of horror that lurks around our society. Kidnapping, torture, murder, you name it. Whether it's down a dark alley or from the pitch black closet in a bedroom. If it's the paranormal that haunts our surroundings or demonic possession that needs to be cleansed, a flying saucer that hovers over our helpless world. These files are for one's understanding, but listener discretion, you are warned. If you wish to be part of the cult, <clears throat> well, not a cult, but family, <laughs> hit the five star in Apple Podcasts and subscribe to wherever you are listening. Now that you are brave enough, are you ready to open these cryptic files? My thoughts and feelings at the time of the incident. In fact, for that entire time period during the course of that year, were perhaps more so elevated than your average individual to the point that it's incomprehensible to someone that could not have been there themselves. Want to know what it is to be a vampire? It equates to the life, it equates to power, it equates to the very foundation of existence. It's the communion. It's the holy wafer on the tongue. And that is what blood is to a sanguinary vampire. That's what a sanguinary vampire is. A blood feeder. Hello Cryptics, it is your host, Justin. It is officially spooky season, my favorite time of the year. It is essential that Cryptic Files brings you the most cryptic stories. I stated on social media that the month of October will be the end of season one. I believe 20 episodes is a good stopping point so that I can come out of this darkness for a little bit. I'll be back soon enough though. In this episode, I will be diving into something very, very disturbing. A story that took place in the 90s. A story about a real-life vampire. Well, coming from this individual, he is a vampire. This is the case of Rod Farrell, or Visago, and the Kentucky Vampire Clan. This one is pretty outrageous, guys. Hope you have a crucifix 
and maybe some garlic. How many of you seen the film Dracula, Fright Night, The Lost Boys, 30 Days of Night, hell, even Twilight? The concept of vampires have been around forever. Why are people so fascinated by the subject? Vampires are from folklore stories who are considered undead creatures that seek living flesh, particularly blood, in the night. The vampire has evolved over the years with various motives. I personally love the classic Dracula, as I stated earlier. The gothic-themed film that is about Count Dracula preying upon a man's fiancée. Well, this story or case is a little different. And who doesn't like video games? At least at some point in your life you've played or watched a video game. I don't much play anymore unless it's with you know the little one or a friend comes by or I go to a friend's house, but I used to play a lot at one time. Has anyone played a game so much that it has taken over your day for hours? How about days or weeks? How about a game that changes your whole personality and views on life and others? Rod Farrell, who was one of those where a fictional life from a video game transpired into his real life. Roderick Justin Farrell was born on March 28, 1980 in Kentucky. Allegedly, Rod's early life wasn't easy. His mother, Sandra Gibson, gave birth to Rod when she was just 16 years old in Murray, Kentucky. After only being married to Rod's father for three weeks, he abandoned them to serve in the military. Rod never knew him. I can't imagine a single teenager taking care of a baby. Sadly, Rod was sexually abused when he was five years old by his maternal grandfather. I'm not sure on further circumstances with all of that, but from my research, Sandra looked at Rod as the only person she wanted in life. I also gathered that there was possibly something more with Rod and his mother's relationship. Rod exclaimed as he grew into an older boy, they developed a complex love-hate dynamic. Sandra was fascinated by the concept of vampires. She exposed the folklore to her son at a young age as they would watch Dracula movies and other vampire stories. She would also introduce him to the video game Vampire the Masquerade. He would become obsessed with this game and would be a huge impact on his fantasies. Going back to their bizarre relationship, I found a letter cited of when she was 34 and Ron was only 14 at the time. It stated, I longed to be near you. 
for your embrace. Yes, to become a vampire, a part of the family, immortal and truly yours forever. I only hope that one day you will once again return to Murray. You will then come for me and cross me over, and I will be your bride for eternity and you my sire. Guys, this is just sick. His own mother wrote that. God bless. As Rod grew, he found others who were fascinated and fantasized the vampire lifestyle. Murray, Kentucky would be known to have various groups of vampires. The individuals there had a code. Vampire law forbids murder as they believe mortal life is sacred and that drinking their own blood makes them immortal. It's almost orgasmic um, to feel them uh, feeding energy from you and then um, drinking their energy into yourself. Um, <clears throat> I guess you could say, uh, say I had gone two weeks without feeding. It would be almost as if I were drunk, um, if I were getting drunk. Um, you would get a rush, a buzz, an adrenaline rush. Um, most people would deem, say that it's uh, psychological. It's no psychological. Um, there's something about it. There are those of us uh, who are of uh, a different nature, I guess you could say, of vampires, uh, who have a family all together of our own. Um, we have sires, childers, um, so on and so forth. Um, Jaden here is um, my sire. Uh, he's my brother as well, um, by blood, by birth. Um, this here is uh, Angelique. Um, this is her family name, Angelique. Uh, she is like uh, a sister to me. Um, Raven over here that is fiddling with his makeup uh, is a distant cousin. Um, basically of the family. He has been through the bond with, uh, I believe, every member of the family. Um, <laughs> so he might as well be uh, kindred He's with us. We are, I guess you could say, more sexual than, uh, uh, is it safe to say humans? Yeah, we're, we see ourselves as basically a different breed, a different race. It's almost as if, as if we're on a higher form of, you know, evolution. Because we get to where most people dream about the capabilities that we have, you know, and that we're able to accomplish and stuff. So these people that, you know, dream of being able to read people's minds and stuff like that, we actually can achieve that. Stephen, or Jaden Murphy, who you heard from the video just now, would come into Rod's life as they shared similar interests and views on society and principles. They had the kill or be killed motto. Stephen and Rod would dive into playing Dungeons and Dragons and other supernatural culture. 
Stephen would then dedicate his life towards vampirism. This would connect Rod's fantasies even greater. In a documentary, Stephen exclaimed, To me, it reflected my soul, because the nighttime called to me and conveyed the power in human blood. This literally would send chills through my entire body because I finally found my spiritual haven. From this quote, it doesn't seem it would just it was just a, a goth or emo face. These people really felt something as they would convert into this darkness. Rod knew Stephen over a year before having his friend cross over into vampirism. The ceremony as I guess you would call it, was performed at a graveyard. The ritual would begin as they both would use razor blades to cut their upper arms. After they did so, Rod would feed on Stephen's blood until he felt the need to stop. Then, Stephen would feed on Rod. After the ritual was complete, Rod found his true self, but would ultimately take it to the extreme. Rod would form his own clan. Rod would tell others that he was a 500-year-old vampire named Visago. His behavior would become demented. In October of 1996, he broke into the Murray Calloway County Animal Shelter to gruesomely dismember the animals. Now, let's discuss the clan or the cult. Many came from similar depressing and abusive backgrounds. Scott Anderson, who was Rod's, quote, right-hand man. Charity Kesey, Dana Cooper, and Heather Windorf, who would be the big factor of this story. They would all meet up in a spot called the Vampire Hotel. The ramshackle structure was in the woods near a lake and would be home for vampire parties, drug use, and vampire rituals. Rod took a liking to Heather, but he would soon find out that Heather suffered from an abusive father. Heather and her family would move away, which caused Rod to pay hundreds of dollars to keep in contact with Heather. Constant long-distance phone calls would ring and ring in the Windorf's household and would be cut off as her parents put a stop to her communication with her fellow vampires. This made Rod even more angry. Then, Rod would set up a plan with his cult by conducting a rescue mission to take Heather from her abusive father. The plan was to save her and move to New Orleans to start their very own vampire family. It was November 25th, 1996. The vampire cult drove 750 miles from Murray, Kentucky to Eustis, Florida. There were complications on the way, however. Rod picked Heather up but the vehicle they were driving broke down. Trying to think of a solution, Heather suggested to Rod that she would use her keys to unlock the house. This was formed into a deal by Rod agreeing to conduct Heather's ritual 
with her sucking his blood and becoming a true vampire. That morning, the ritual began. Rod extremely high on LSD, Heather sucked Rod's blood. After she was presented the title as Vampire, the cult would make their way to Heather's home. As they arrived, Rod and cult member Scott Anderson entered in the garage, which led them into the living room, where Mr. Windorf was resting on the couch. Out of darkness, anger, drug use, and the fascination with blood, Rod beat Mr. Windorf with a crowbar 22 times on the head. Blood splatting on Rod, staining the couch and carpet. Everyone, just imagine. 22 hard blows to the face with a crowbar. It's just gruesome. Tragically, after hearing the sinister violence, Mrs. Windorf entered the blood-stained scene with coffee. And after witnessing her husband's disfigured, bloody face, she lashed out and splashed the hot coffee on Rod. This led Rod to swinging the crowbar at Heather's mom. The impact of the crowbar severed Mrs. Windorf's brain stem and killed her instantly. Rod and Scott would then ritualistically dance around the bloodied bodies, steal credit cards and jewelry. They hurried out of the house and drove off in the family's vehicle. The bodies were found by Heather's 17-year-old sister, Jennifer. Heather was unaware that her parents were murdered at the time. She thought it was an easy mission, that no violence would occur. Well, so she says. Jennifer then called 911. 911, what's your emergency? <laughs> The gang of vampires were caught November 27th in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, as investigators tracked a phone call made by Charity who called her grandparents in hopes that they would send money. What she didn't know about her grandparents was that they were helping the police find her and the group of so-called vampires. Charity's grandmother reported the call to the police 
and made a plan to trick the gang into meeting up at the Howard Johnson's hotel. The police were waiting there to arrest as they arrived. The group were sent to jail, then transported a week later to Florida. February 12, 1998, Farrell pleaded guilty to the murders. He exclaimed that the group he was traveling with was innocent, except for Scott Anderson. Rod told the court his right-hand man was the accessory. Two counts of murder were determined for Rod Farrell. His attorney defended him by saying Rod was diagnosed insane. That included schizotypal personality disorder, along with Asperger's. Allegedly, it was said Rod sometimes saw angels and demons. However, the judge sentenced Rod to death. Charity Kesey had been convicted of two counts of third-degree murder, robbery with a deadly weapon, and was sentenced to over 10 years. Dana Cooper was charged with the same, but was charged over 17 years. Scott Anderson was sentenced to life in prison. November of 2000, Rod's sentence was changed to life in prison. Charity was released in March of 2006, and Dana was released October of 2011. Rod Farrell remains in prison while having failed parole attempts as well as Scott Anderson. Is this the life of a vampire in our modern world? Was Rod Farrell really turned over to the dark side? I would say yes. There is genuine evil in this world. There is a dark side and a light side to each and every one of our lives and those sides compete for human domination. I'm not talking about any particular religious denomination or affiliation. I'm talking about basic fundamental truths as I see them. And it's not so hard for some of us to understand how a person like Rod Farrell with one of the most dysfunctional family environments anyone could ever be cursed to be raised in would have turned out in such a manner. In some respects, I think Mr. Farrell's mother, Mrs. Gibson, should be on trial for some of this. At every stage of the way, she thwarted every attempt to find Mr. Farrell the psychological help that he needed. Purposefully, advertently, she kept him from receiving the help that he so desperately required. And when we have these kinds of dysfunctional families, where do they lead us? In this case, as Dr. McMahon so rather eloquently explained, I thought, to a search for another family in a different way, a cult, a Satanism, a witchcraft, a vampirism, some place where there's structure and order of its own kind some place where there are people that feel as alienated as you do so that you can at least have your own society in your own group in your own way and then what happens when we've lost total touch with reality we begin to play the fantasy games the dungeons and dragons the vampire games and suddenly the fantasy becomes reality the games that involve violence the games that involve swordplay and 
rescuing maidens who are in distress because of people who hold them in positions of authority. And suddenly, suddenly we wake up one day and we have what we have before us now. And I say to this brother, I say to you, I think you're a disturbed young man. I think your family failed you. I think society failed you. But I also am here to tell you, in the considered judgment of this court, a troubled and disturbed youth cannot serve as an excuse for cold-blooded, premeditated murder, such as you perpetrated upon Windorf's in this case. If we have to learn a lesson, and I'm told, Rod, that you've said this on television, I don't watch much of that stuff. There has to be a lesson to the young people of this country and to their children and to the youth of America. The seemingly harmless games can turn into something very evil. That was a pretty messed up one. Pretty cryptic indeed. If you enjoyed this horrific story, please five-star the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to wherever you listen. Please write a review as well. I'd love to know what you all think of the episodes or show in general. If you don't follow the social medias, I made a post that I will be doing one last episode of Season 1, which will be dropped on Halloween weekend. I have a pretty cool one coming up that's quite sick. (laughs) Isn't that what you all like? Sick shit? Well, if you'd like to follow the socials to learn more about the cases and the podcast, please look up the private Facebook group, Cryptic Files Podcast, the Instagram, at Cryptic Files Podcast, the email, crypticfilespodcast at gmail.com, And please call the hotline at 540-358-1583. I would love to hear from you all. And please share something spooky. You will be on the episode. You will be on a episode. Anyway, I hope this case didn't freak you out too bad. Watch your back. It's cryptic out there. Especially if there are bloodsuckers lurking in the night. (laughs) 